welcome to Cracking Open a Cold Case. And other true crimes. Today, instead of Caitlin, we have Andrew. He's actually my brother. He's a true crime expert and witness to the crime that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, I was a actual, actually there when it all went down. Actually, not true, but I did work with Susan Powell at Wells Fargo for a while, so that's why I'm here, and I do love Lester Holt and Dateline. Uh, Keith Morrison, too. Mm-hmm. Great voice, great hair. He controls those pedophiles on, what's that one? To Catch a Predator. That's not him. That's the other dude. Oh, I like that guy, too, though. Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen's always busting a predator, creeping creeping into a hot tub with an 11-year-old. Here comes Chris Hansen out of nowhere. Boom. Gotcha. He, he's actually, he's been underneath the water with the air he's tank. Snorkel. He he's just snorkeling. pops up and says, how dare you try to hot tub with this child. Busted. But, yeah, and what are you drinking today? I'm just drinking a little Diet Pepsi, calorie free. That's also what's in my cold one. Thank you for being with us today. It's good to be here. We, spooky stuff going on. Yeah, it's a perfect day to get spooky. In my opinion. Let's get weird. Anyway, we're talking about Susan Powell, as you might have surmised. She was really popular from 2010 to 2012. It's since been closed, so she has been in the cold recently. But there's been new developments with Amazon, right? Yep, decrypting the hard drive. They might find some, uh, some GPS info on where he dumped the body. Or they might just find more cartoon child porn. Ooh. Hopefully not, because I think they probably had enough of that. We've been, we've been spending all our time on this one. Also, yeah, we've tried to record this several times, and it seems like the universe is working against it, but we're hoping for a miracle. The stars are going to align, and this is going to blow minds. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. So, want me to start with uh, Josh and uh, Susan that got married in 2001 in Portland, Oregon, in an LDS temple. And they moved out here a few years later to be closer to, I think it's just Josh's mom that lived in the area, um, in West Valley, WVC, to be closer to her and just kind of start their families. For those not familiar, West Valley is just kind of west of Salt Lake City, the capital of Utah. They're both, Josh Powell and Susan are both from around Puyallup, Washington, and they were... Susan's family was living in Portland when they got married, but that yeah, they and Josh's dad lives in Washington. He'll be he'll come back into this story. He's the creepiest mofo in the whole story. Yeah, you'll you'll hear about him, but yeah, so that's the geography of this situation. So on December sixth, Susan this time was twenty eight. She went to church with Charlie, who was four, and Brayden, who was two at the time. And they had a neighbor friend come over and they had dinner with them. And she reported that Susan either didn't feel good or she was tired. And she went and laid down in bed. And the neighbor slash friend left at around five p.m. So that's the last time anyone outside of the Powell family saw Susan. So the next day she didn't show up to her job at Wells Fargo where Andrew yep. also worked. She didn't show up at her job. Her sons didn't go to their daycare. Josh had a, a new job but he didn't show up to that. I'm not really sure what that is the job was but yeah so he didn't show up and the family the Cox family Susan's family reported them missing. The police go to do a welfare check and then what happens, Ange? Um, with the welfare check, nobody answered. There was no sign of anybody. So the cops eventually broke into the house thinking it could have been carbon monoxide poisoning. C quite common in the winter. I think it was their fear. But when they went in, they found nothing other than 
a wet spot on the carpet, two big fans pointing at it, and all of Susan's belongings were there, purse, cell phone, credit cards, anything that she would have left with was, was at the home. So that's pretty odd. 5 p.m. on that day, Josh Powell returned home with his two sons. He said he's left the night before shortly after midnight to take his sons camping. Which is which is pretty common on it's December in Utah. December 7th in Utah when it's about three degrees outside. And I think if I remember right, it was one of the coldest nights of that entire year that he went camping. So with a four-year-old and a two-year-old, that seems pretty outrageous. Yeah, it's October here right now and I wouldn't go camping. Bear Grylls wouldn't even survive that. Yeah, he should do a test of myth bust but anyway okay so he said he took them camping at simpson springs recreation area that's about two hours southwest of where they live and it reached yeah like andrew said it reached below freezing temperatures that night yeah it was a really cold night so the police this was on the 7th is when powell returned home and the police caught him but they they waited until the 10th to go out and look for a campsite and kind of look into it so on the 10th, they go out to the uh, Simpson Springs area to see if Josh's story kind of adds up. And there's no sign of anybody that camped there, anybody there recently, because it's cold as hell. It's freezing. Well, what do you, your sons are one and three. Do you plan on taking them on camping trips at all, whether it's in the summer or in the winter? I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't camp in the winter no matter what. I know, but isn't that kind of weird to take your tiny children camping? Oh, yeah. No, that's what I mean. I, bear girls wouldn't make it in that kind of weather. No, I mean like in general. Like, would you take them in the summer? I don't love camping. I mean, I'd take them in the summer maybe for a night. Mm. But that'd be the extent. So you're saying you back Josh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he, on December 14th, he get, Josh Powell gets a defense attorney on retainer and doesn't show up to his police interview the next day. And then the police announce that he's getting in the way of their investigation. Which is some bull, because they always say that it's always someone close to you, the husband's always the main suspect, but they wait eight days to say, or nine days until they, to make him a suspect. So on December 16th, they say he's a suspect, he's getting in the way, which seems like they should have been doing a lot more follow-up between the 7th and the 9th. I'm sorry, the 7th and the 16th when he's named a suspect. Yeah, that's weird that they didn't, that they would assume that it was something. I don't know what, I wonder what they initially thought it was if well, they didn't look into him. And after he came back on the 7th, he rented a car sometime in between there and put on 500 miles and no one followed him or no one looked into it and there was no GPS in the rental car. So they don't know where he went or what he was doing, which seems like a big oversight by the uh, West Police. Valley Police Department. They're going to be listening to this and know we're calling them out. We are. Bad, bad. I watch enough the first 48 to know. you got to catch them in the first 48. Otherwise, they're gone. True. That's some real insight. Okay, so December 17th, Josh t- takes his kids out of daycare and cancels Susan's outstanding appointments with the chiropractor because I guess she just goes there every so often. And then he empties her IRA accounts. So it's pretty clear that he doesn't expect she's going to come home. Not if you're canceling chiropractor appointments. She's got a bad back and you're going to cancel that? Nice try. If she comes back, he's going to be like, sorry, you're going to have to just live with that. Live with that lump. And then let's see. So we cleared out her IRAs. And then on the 20th, a vigil was held for Susan in Washington State. And then... 2009, Josh spends, let's see, Washington. Holidays in Puyallup with his father, Steve Powell. 
and then he comes back a few days. He it's like under the guise that he's like in he's staying in Washington with his father, and then he comes back and gets all his stuff and permanently moves there. So it's like he's running. Well, and there was candlelight vigils here in Utah too. They had four, and I know that some of the people I went that I worked with went to him and were yelling at Josh because he wouldn't cooperate with the police. And they kind of at this point, this is activity. And from talking to Susan um, at work, that they knew that he was definitely up to some shady stuff. Yeah, so this, to put a little background in, he had, so before all this, he had run up their credit cards, like got her in $200,000 worth of debt under her name. They had to declare bankruptcy in 2000. Uh, seven when she was let's see like 26 so like not too long after they got married and so he couldn't hold a job and she had to like she just didn't trust him in general because obviously he was really controlling and had extramarital affairs well according to people that I work with she kept a notebook in her desk about how he would threaten her and things he would say he would do to her and where he'd put her if he would kill her and things like that, and that was something that the police came and got, and, I, you know, I don't know for sure that that was true, but heard that from a lot of people that she would tell people that she had a notebook with information that, you know, threats, things he would say. He was also very controlling, like Sugar said he didn't have a job, but he wouldn't let her spend any money. She would clean out the fridges on Fridays and uh, take home any edible food to her kids because he would not let her go spend money, just be a control freak, even though he couldn't keep a job. Yeah, it was that weird thing where he's not trustworthy, so he's projecting it onto her that she isn't. But uh, there's also, there's a video, like, of documented proof where she's, like, she says, she documents their assets and says, like, if something were to happen to her, even if it looks like an accident, it wasn't. Interesting. Yeah, did you not know this? I didn't know that. I just know that she would tell people at work that, she had a notebook with all sorts of information, things that he was, you know, threats, things that he would do, how he could kill her, where he would leave her. Did she? Oh yeah, he would. He would tell the people at his work when he could hold down a job, I guess, that he would put her in an abandoned landmine. That's really good cooler talk, water cooler talk. You know, you're getting a little water. You're like, you know what? I'd bury my lady by a landmine. If I'd throw in a landmine. What about you, Steve? Where would you, Steve? Where would you dump a body? Yeah, he's he probably has some kind of personality disorder or just has really bad people skills. I don't know. I'm well, not here to... Well, I think the psychiatrist, and we'll get into that in a minute, kind of defines who he is and his personality, right? Yeah. Okay, so in, er, in 2010, Susan Powell's family has a press conference and implies that Josh was abusive to Susan. Uh, and then in early 2010, org was established and had anonymous entries about how Josh was a loving father and victim of smear campaigns from Susan's family and the LDS Church. It also features what they claim are entries from Susan Powell's diary. So this is obviously Josh's family, Josh's dad, Josh trying to get some control because he's a control freak and change the narrative back to being about him or the church or whatever. And then let's see, in November, this is this was early 2010, and then you go to November 2010, Josh Powell um, suggests that Susan left because her family was pressuring her too much to be perfect, the perfect uh, LDS girl, the perfect uh, mom, 
yada yada. And then in December 2010, Josh Powell and his dad, Stephen Powell, started a smear, smear campaign claiming she and the Utah man, Stephen Coacher, had run away uh, to Brazil together. And uh, The theory is discussed in depth on SusanPowell.org. I don't know if that's still up because I haven't really checked, but there is stuff on him, how he just like quit his job in Salt Lake and drove to Henderson, Nevada and was like caught on tape in a a residential area buying with gifts for his family and then he just like walks away. Yeah, it was in Henderson, right? Yeah, and no one's seen him since. So I feel like if if they had run away together, wouldn't she be seen with him? Mm-hmm. At least in Henderson. So yeah, I don't I mean, I guess anything's possible but and I, that is really convenient that he disappeared in the same general time that she did for them to Yeah, they're both this. from Utah. That was a good that was convenient for the, the Powell family. They were doing some some post mortem matchmaking. True. You know? True. And then let's see, on April twenty eleven, uh, Susan Powell's father, Chuck, and Josh Powell have a court date because Josh claims he was being harassed by Chuck Cox. No. Oh yeah, Josh Powell. Sorry, I was thinking it was the father, Stephen Powell. So and then August eighteenth, two thousand eleven. Oh, that's your um wedding anniversary. Eighteenth. Isn't it? Mine's the eighteenth, is that what it is? Yeah. It is. So your four year your four year wedding anniversary. Investigators working on a lead travel to an abandoned mine shaft. Oh, they traveled to several in Eli, Nevada, two hundred miles away from West Valley. Nothing is found, and Josh had been bragging... Oh, we already mentioned this, but we just put in notes that he had been bragging to his co-worker that he'd be able to get away with murder if he put her in a mine shaft. Water cooler talk. Just, there's that casual, charming nature of Josh. If I had $5 for every time I heard that, someone talk about killing their wife. You were just like, Reloaded. hey, how are you? And they're just like, if I killed my wife, I'd throw in a landmine. I'd, I'd put concrete shoes on her. Dumper in the ocean. So, let's see. 2012, police got a hold of his journal. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry, I just jumped. I'm just jumping you all jump, over. You jumped the remembrance. At a remembrance for Susan, Stephen Powell and his father, Chuck Cox, engaged in a public shouting match in which Powell calls Cox a liar. So there's a video of this. Well, I don't know if it's of this exact instance, but there's like a video of them getting into an altercation because there's a big sign that says looking for Susan. Yeah, it's like live news is going on. I'm sure you could Google it and find it. It's a thing it's like at a grocery store. Yeah, and he was like mad that they put, that the Coxes put a like missing sign by their local grocery store. Yeah. Like All you want to do is get some produce and you don't want to see any missing missing people. Susan signs. Personal attacks by looking for missing people. But yeah. Okay, so... And then, let's see, right after that, Stephen Powell claims he and Susan were beginning to fall in love before her disappearance. He said her journal entries as proof that she was mentally unstable and might have run away with another man. Forensic investigators removed three computers from Josh's home um, at that point. And then in 2012, police got his journal he had written in for over 10 years, which is pretty weird for a dude. I don't know any dudes that have had a journal for... ever. But for 10 years, uh, it was filled with his love and sexual fantasies of Susan and his voyeuristic pictures of her Boy shaving her legs, yeah. creeping through 
through the sheets, the curtains, looking at So, back to when they said that they moved to West Valley, some people speculate that it's to, it was to get away with, or get away from Stephen Powell. So, they, I guess when they first got married, they lived with Stephen Powell, and he had, they had some weird curtain situation, like, instead of an actual room, they had, like, a curtain separating them, and he would, like, peek over, and so Susan and him had a weird, well... I think she was more just afraid of him. I don't think it was a dynamic. But yeah, so he he thought he he claims he and Susan were falling in love, but I I'm pretty sure it was just a one-sided thing. Stephen also has this uh great thing where he's an a musical artist. His stage name is Steve Chantre, and you can find some of his music online. It's about some of it's supposedly about him and Susan. It used to be on MySpace. When MySpace was at its its peak. Yeah, MySpace without Steve Chantre music is never going to be at its best. Let's see, on the 22nd of September, Stephen Powell, after they took his computers and all his journals and everything, was charged with 14 counts of voyeurism and one count of child pornography. He was like taking pictures of the neighbors, getting the, doing some weird stuff, and... They got him and put him away. Yeah, so also back to him and Susan, I just wanted to add some more stuff. That So he would, he he went on the news when they were trying to do this smear campaign and said that she would like sh wax her legs and then like walk in the room and ask him to fill her wax legs and stuff like that. And he would, there's all sorts of weird details. Well, and where were, were they talking about the, he would buy her stockings and then swap out the fresh pair for an old pair that she'd worn and keep them. So he was very obsessive of Susan, and he was very normal. But uh, and typical father-in-law. He, he apparently got excommunicated from the LDS Church for wanting more than one wife, right? Yeah, he did want to be a polygamist. Yeah, it's he had a weird. I guess we could do more into like how weird Josh Powell was as a child. We could do one just on the dad. That's true. He's. Yeah, he's a power player in this story. He is. Okay, so he he gets arrested for voyeurism. Back to the story, and then so September twenty third, two thousand eleven, a judge issued a permanent injunction forbidding Joshua and Stephen Powell from publishing any material from Susan's journals that they were making up, ordering the pair to either return or destroy any journals already published. So they can't put the weird. Right, it's probably just all fabricated stuff anyway. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, at that point too. Uh, the Powell boys were moved to the home of Chuck and Judy Cox, but at that point, Josh was allowed supervised visits. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so they were living with Chuck and Judy. So, in late 2011, he went, uh, Josh Powell went under, underwent a series of court-ordered evaluations in Washington. The evaluations by Jan James Manley determined that Joshua had adequate parenting skills and a steady employment history and no criminal record or history of violence or abuse. There were nonetheless multiple causes for concern and continued monitoring. These concerns included the ongoing missing person and child pornography investigations, a failure by Josh to admit normal personal shortcomings, some overbearing behavior with his sons, and his persistent defensiveness and paranoia attributed to the police and media attention in conjunction with un underlying narcissistic traits. The initial recommendation was for Joshua to have visitation with his sons several times a week, supervised by a social worker. Did you just throw a ball at him? I just hit it. Oh, okay. So does that mean with uh, 
overbearing behavior, does that mean there was abuse with his sons? Yeah, he. I don't know if he was abusive to his kids, but he was a, a crazy nut. He was a. I'm pretty sure he was obviously controlling to Susan. Yes, very controlling. So then he, uh, January 2012, that's when they took his computers and they found 400 images of simulated child pornography, bestiality, incest, um, all on Josh's computer. He was not arrested because it was all cartoon pictures, animated pictures, thus not illegal. But he did have to do psychosexual evaluations, which is weird because I don't know how you can have all that stuff on there because it's a cartoon. It's yeah. They're like, it's fine. Yeah, it's good to go. It's cartoon. PCL, yeah, keep it. Yeah, so he got caught. And so his brother comes into this. He, Joshua's brother, Michael, established a Google site called For the Kids, spelled for, let, number four, the kids with two Zs. It's true, two Zs adds a lot of flair. Yeah, so you could tell it was definitely for kids. The site entries claimed that Chuck and Judy Cox were abusing and neglecting the sons of Joshua and Susan in collusion with child welfare authorities, and also that West Valley, Utah police had both mishandled the investigation into Susan's disappearance and were harassing Joshua. So they're right on that, but not the harassing Joshua part. Lawyers for the Cox family disputed the allegations, and Google removed the site after a few days due to terms of use violations. The violations were too many Z's. Yeah, well, I heard that the Powells had, like, bought land in Oregon, and so right after Susan Powell went missing, it's alleged that maybe Josh Powell, like, drove and met Michael halfway and gave her the, him the body, and, like, it was his job to get rid of it, and he was, like, in a... So he's he's somehow involved in her missing, and her disappearance is what people speculate. So Michael... Well, definitely, because we'll get into that in a minute, what happens to him, but... One thing, too, is he told cops that he didn't have his car at the time, and he did have his car, and after all this happened, he took his car to a salvage yard and gave it to them. But when they did go search his house, they found lots of pictures, like Google satellite pictures of this junkyard to see. It looked like he was trying to see if the car was smashed or it was kept or if the evidence was destroyed, but he was keeping tabs on this place that he dumped his car or gave his car to or whatever kind of salvage yard Salvage yard it was. Wait, Michael it was the one keeping tabs? Yeah, the brother. That They found these pictures of his house when they searched his house after this. some incidents happened. Yeah, this some incidents we'll get into. Okay, so this is the big thing that happened. I can remember exactly where I was when it was on the news. Where, where were you, Ange? I was in my basement and saw it on the ticker. Yeah, I saw it at the Smith's house. But anyway, so... A social worker brings Charlie and Braden for their visit with Josh in in Washington, right? Correct. Okay, and then do you want to tell the rest? So the social worker took him to the house, and as she opened, or as Josh opened the door, he grabbed the two boys, and he threw her out, locked her out. She called nine one one, and the nine one one dispatch actually, I think, might have been fire. There was some problems with that because instead of sending somebody they were asking tons of questions and kind of delayed the whole possibility but anyway he pushed out the social worker and he had uh, the gas running in his house and doused, doused also with gasoline so he started the house on fire but before the house burned down he hit them with an axe or a hatchet he hit his kids with an 
with a hatchet essentially, and then the house blew up, killing all three of them. So instead of just killing them by blowing up the house, he had to get in some hatchet blows to his, Jeez, on his yeah. kids. They were five and seven, so that kind of shows what kind of person um, he was. Yeah, he. That was a big. The yeah. So the official cause of death was ruled to be carbon monoxide, but he did hit them with a hatchet. Okay, so they were five and seven, and then Josh's brother Michael was the main beneficiary of his life insurance policy. Just in case you're wondering. Who's gonna get the Skrilla? Yeah, after this incident, and I. That's so sad for Chuck and Judy Cox. Yep. Good grief. They definitely failed them and the kids. Yeah. The police. And, the yeah. Popo. So, February 11th, 2013, Michael Powell, that we just talked about, he jumps from the roof of a parking garage to his death in Minneapolis. So, this was about a year after Josh and the kids died. The police had questioned Michael several times in 2012 after discovering two years after the fact that Michael had abandoned his car in a junkyard in Oregon several weeks after Susan Powell's disappearance. Michael was evasive about the incident. Utah authorities have since said that they believe Josh and Michael were accomplices in the murder of Susan Powell. I think they even said, um, obviously they think the dad is involved too. So all three of them, they think kind of we're all in cahoots. Free gases. Mm. So I forgot to mention this, but also, so I guess about two days before this incident with Josh and his kids, a social worker, or maybe it was a lawyer on the case or something. No, it was a social worker. She said that the repu or the relationship between Josh and the Coxes was not going to get repaired unless Susan somehow appeared alive, just like out of nowhere, just came back alive, or he proved that he didn't. He somehow proved that he had no part in her disappearance. And Josh Powell said, well, I guess that's not going to happen. Like, that's not going to happen. Because I killed her. She's no. dead. But that, well, and then at this point, too, when they were five and seven, there was even reports from social workers and the Cox family that the kids were starting to remember stuff like they went camping and Mommy was in the trunk or, you know, saying stuff like that. The Mommy was in the trunk that they went and the Mommy didn't come back with them. So they were starting to verbalize what was going on. So that might have been another point of why he did what he did to his boys, not just because of the control and losing them, but also they were starting to speak and say stuff he didn't want them to say. Yeah, so the case was officially closed on May 21st, 2013. They've never found her body or anything. Steve Chantre, or Stephen Powell slash Chantre is still alive and... I don't know if he's still making music, but hopefully not. Well, actually, hopefully, because it was so good. But anyway, he got released in July from prison from the voyeurism and child porn. Oh, he's out? So yeah. So he's been out for a few months? Yeah. He's, he's out, and he's, both of his... I don't know how many... Is there other... I know there's a there's a, a daughter, right? Yeah, she's, like, on all the news outlets saying that she believes that Josh did it. Yeah, she came out with her... With her husband, and they kind of questioned everything he did. We're really kind of big advocates for the Cox family. Yeah, what was that about, I guess, that Josh Powell tried to commit suicide when he was a child or something? Yeah, I, I heard somewhere on, it must have been a dateline or something, where he tried to hang himself when he was a teenager. Must depression, I don't know what it was, but when the cops went in there to get him later on, when they were looking into him, he had a noose hung up in his house as like a decoration is what I heard, so he's just kind of a dark individual. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so that's the story of Susan Powell. 
Thanks, Ange, for recounting it with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for listening, and have a, bl- a blessed day. Mm-hmm.